1015 FM, 720 AM. KDON, the talk of Las Vegas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number one professional wrestling radio show in Las Vegas. This is the Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. One full hour of wrestling news, entertainment, and lots of Sin City surprises from inside the squared circle. Now, let's bring on the tag team of Andrew Fish Payne. Joe DeFalco, and your host, Mark Hoke. My name is Mark Hoke. I drive a mean forklift, and I am a sports entertainer. That's me. What's up, everybody? How we doing? Fish. Come back to me, Fish. I'm here. Fish. I'm not going anywhere. Fish. I gotta, I gotta cast the rod. What do we need to do? <laughs> Nothing. I got, I got good. a dollar. We're all good. <laughs> oh my god! Welcome to the Mark Hoke Show, number one pro wrestling show on the planet. Yeah, fish. You may not be able to look that way. You're not used to this because usually when you do Sports X Radio on Monday nights at 8 p.m. here on KDWN 101.5 FM 7:20 a.m., you're here in the dark. But there's light coming in this uh, one window, and there's a shade there. But fish is fish is staring into the light. Fish don't go to the light. Don't do it. Yeah, uh, you never know. Back. The right the right things are going. Maybe the way to go. <laughs> you poor guy. But Andrew Fish Fane in here, and of course, the uh, the sleepy one. I I got to give him a tiny bit of flack. Joe DeFalco of Future Stars of Wrestling here in Las Vegas, the Lord and Overmaster of that amazing promotion. And training academy. Wait, are you snoring over there? No, okay. Joe, what's up? I don't know. It sounds like Fish is having a bad March Madness to start. <laughs> no, I'm all good, Joe. It's good. To, it's good to hear your voice, man. Hey, you know it's good to be awake. Well, man, last week I slept all the way. Through. Yeah, what happened wow. to you? Man, we missed it. I get up to like eleven o'clock. Yeah, fair enough. All right. I don't sleep much, so, you know. That's it. The man awake. needed his rest. Hey, sometimes the body shuts down. It's all good. Yeah. Well, what a... Getting, getting ready for AEW weekend, man. We got some big announcements. Yeah, so I heard, and we'll get to talk about that at some point during this, by the way, special 90-minute edition. I'm looking forward to delving into the, the big announcements for yeah. Future Stars of Wrestling. Yeah, it's just, it, it is going to be a heavy delve. A lot of delving going on this week, I think. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got to tell you what happened. So, so of course, Fish is not the biggest AEW fan, and I told him about the Jericho Appreciation Society promo, and that everybody apparently loved. But Fish is just kind of sitting there, like, eh, yeah, whatever. It was just a typical Chris Jericho promo. All right, fair enough. Well, we'll talk about it in a little bit. Um, I, but I, I did want to kick off the show because I'm. Amazingly enough, we literally missed the story by, what, three hours? If that. If that. Um, of course, of Scott Hall having being yeah, having the three heart attacks. and. Well, did, I mean, did you hear the whole story that he was, like, passed out in his house for three days before somebody found him? Now, that I did not hear. Yeah, he was, he was, like, passed out in his house for three days before they finally sent Diamond Dallas Page over to do a wellness check because no one had heard from him. And Diamond Dallas Page had found him. And then got him to the hospital. Wow. So, 
But of course, then Scott Hall was on life support and passed away. So the former member of the NWO and Reza Ramon has uh, has died. And what was what um, was kind of cool was they were like tributes without being tributes to him throughout the entire show, like on Monday Night Raw, because like Kevin Owens started his promo by going "Hey yo," and then just kept going. But it didn't it didn't make a big deal about it. He just said it and then kept going, sort of paying homage to Scott Hall and Razor Ramon. Well, there was an interesting video that popped up of Kevin Owens because. It literally just happened when they started doing Raw and he was in the ring and they put the tribute up and there was video of Owens saying, this just happened. You know, why are they doing this? Which and, is funny because when the when the show came on on Monday, the tribute came probably two-thirds of the way through the show. They didn't play it at the very beginning. They did the the picture of Scott Hall and and, and the, the roster on the, on the stage, but they didn't play the tribute. And you could tell it was cut together. So they edited it, at least for the West Coast, so that the tribute played in the middle of the show, not at the very beginning of the show. Yeah, it was it was pretty fast. But you know, if you you look back on the career of Scott Hall, of course, we all know about the the demons that he had with alcohol and drugs and so on. But I did see and I can't remember who put the tweet out that said Scott Hall was the most influential wrestler that never won a major world title. And I was kind of thinking about that for a while, and whoever said that might be right. Uh, when you think about when you, when, you know, because we all grew up, you know, as we were getting, you know, I guess we would have been in our about our thirties ish when Razor Ramon, yeah, hit. All of us were running around saying, "Say hello to the bad guy," you know, and doing the doing the walk and flicking the toothpick at people, and hey, yo. We were all doing it. Don't say you didn't. And DeFalco, I know you did too. He, you know, it was it was such a fun character. Yeah, but he was the bad guy, but, it, but everybody got a kick out of him. But even and, more than that, it was I mean, because to be honest with you, if that was the end of his legacy, he would have gone down as a great wrestler with a good legacy. But it was the outsider's angle for NWO that made him from what he was to the next stratosphere. I mean, to me, the the biggest memory that I have of Scott Hall, it's most vivid was the day that he walked on WCW TV and you know was announced you know said he was here and my friends are coming and and started the whole thing and you know I I'll just never forget that because it was just such an a, a pivotal moment in wrestling history and the part that the part to me that sticks with it is his first line which is you know who I am yeah and it you know and of course the NWO is what is I I just recently bought another NWO t-shirt, you know, and it's been God knows how long now. The The legacy of Scott Hall uh, is is never going to be forgotten in the sport, it, it, in the industry. I mean, he just, and, and so many people love the guy, and the influence that he had was absolutely amazing. I mean, is it fair to say that had there not been a, a, a Scott Hall, there wouldn't be a Stone Cold Steve Austin because the reason that that character was created was because of the Monday Night War and you and WWE losing the Monday Night Wars to WCW. So WWE had to up their game, and guys like Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock were brought to the forefront. I mean, Rocky Maivia may have been there, and and Steve Williams or, or Stunning Steve or the Ringmaster or whatever you wanted to call him may have been there, but those characters became those characters because of how good WCW was doing in the ratings. You know, it certainly pushed them. It certainly pushed them. I, you know, I, you know, of course the, the stone cold Steve Austin thing was, was somewhat of an accident. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, it just came off as a promo at the King of the ring and all of a sudden kaboom. 
Joe, let me let me get you in. I know we're monopolizing the conversation a little bit. Joe, your thoughts on Scott Hall and his legacy in professional wrestling? Well, I, in all honesty, I don't think there would have been a legacy unless he did go to WCW. That changed the landscape of wrestling. You know, it, it also instituted, more importantly, uh, the guaranteed contracts that these guys were getting. That's a good and point. And it really helped, you know, make a lot of people a lot of money. And I think in the wrestling business, that's where, you know, guys like Hall and Nash, you know, come to the forefront. It, it's not what they did in the ring. It's how they were able to now up the ante. It's kind of like AEW. If you, if you like them or don't like them, the fact of the matter is now there's so many more people who are in the wrestling business that have now uh, have a great lifestyle because in the past, even back then, it was the same way. If, if you didn't work for WWF, you know, you weren't making money because of New Japan or Ring of Honor. You know, WCW, you know, they were, they were big in the South. And, you know, Ric Flair was making his money and probably the Four Horsemen and stuff. But once Hall and Nash went over, that's when the floodgates opened. And now Vince was forced to do something he had never done before. And that was like, well, if you're working the show or not, you're still getting paid. And I think that's the the, the biggest legacy, you know, that Scott Hall and, and I, you know, obviously since Kevin Nash went with him, but that was the thing that really changed everything in professional wrestling. And then on top of that, it's, you know, these guys came in and you got to understand it did take a while, a long while before WCW finally eclipsed, you know, WWE, which had been coming off, you know, more of their cartoon characters that, you know, in some cases were horrendous. And that's also when the realism in professional wrestling with characters and and promos, you know, took the forefront. Is it fair to say that it, that Kurt that Scott Hall is analogous to Kurt Flood in baseball because he he was the, the first free Kurt Flood being the first free agent sort of and, and Scott Hall may not have been the first free agent but as you said he was the first one to make sure there were guaranteed contracts he basically paved the way for wrestlers to be able to live the lifestyles they live today. Uh, yeah, obviously you got to include Nash because they both came in you know pretty much together, but. Without a doubt, you know, I'm pretty sure Vince never thought in his right mind that, you know, Diesel and Razor Ramon were going to be leaving. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, when they showed up on TV, because I remember there was like lawsuits about the likenesses. And then the WWF made the horrendous idea of oh, putting the, the face Diesel. Yeah. That they had Diesel and Razor Ramon. And WCW was so nervous that they were going to go back there that they gave them more money on their contracts twice because they thought they were the Diesel and Razor Ramon. And they're like, oh, here, here's some more money. And it was, here's some more money. So I heard they got paid on top of their original contracts. They got renegotiated two different times because they were afraid that they were going to just go back. Because, again, back in the day, it was like, you know, a lot of times people worked without a contract. It didn't matter. Like, that's why Lex Luger showed up in the mall in in Minneapolis when everybody was like, holy crap, Lex Luger's here. You know, they all still thought he was part of WWF. 
Yeah, and I, and you know, and some other things on Scott Hall too. You know, of course, had some other iconic moments like the curtain call, which, when you think about that moment, that changed wrestling considerably too because it, it, it pretty much destroyed kayfabe at that point. It's also, uh, but it also changed things because Triple H was supposed to win their King of the Ring the year that Stone Cold won it and became Stone Cold. It turned all, it, it did change a lot of things, but I, you know, the one, but to me, the biggest impact of that was what these guys are friends. I thought that, well, we thought they were all, they all hated each other and, and, and it really changed the perception of what wrestlers are doing and, well, you know, their characters and how uh, they were. You know, just how they behaved, it, it really was a, a massive moment. And it's hard to fathom nowadays, but back then, there the internet wasn't the internet like it is now. Right. So we didn't have the information that we have now. So it was the fact, you're right, that made it even more shocking because, you know, Hall and Nash wouldn't have been able to do what they did then, now. Because and if, it was, and if it wasn't for that angle, you wouldn't have gotten Fish's favorite moment in wrestling history, the uh, hog pen match between uh, <laughs> Henry Godwin and Triple H. So. You know, he thinks, you know, and the funny part is that he thinks he's so clever because he brought that up. I was there. I saw that match at the Hershey Park Arena. I was behind it when Triple H got flipped into the hog pen. Oh, good I Lord. I saw that. Henry thing. O. Godwin. Oh, my God. Boy, there's a there's a memory for you. But for, by the way, for those that don't know about the curtain call, uh, there was a match, a steel cage match with Triple H, uh, Hall and Nash, and, and Shawn Michaels. And at the end of the match, because Hall and Nash were leaving, they all you know gave the click salute and you know, saluted the fans and everything. And hugged. But, but, and hugged. They, were, they weren't supposed to be friends. And so everybody went crazy. Oh, you broke character out in front of a Madison sold out Madison Square Garden. And of course, Hall and Nash had hit the road, so they weren't getting in trouble. Shawn Michaels was the golden boy and the world champion, so he wasn't getting in trouble. So son future son in law. Yeah, so like I said, Triple H was supposed to win the 96 King of the Ring, and his punishment, he he didn't win it. Steve Austin won it instead, and it had the famous line about, you could talk about your John 16. Well, Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. Yep, yep, and Triple H got sent to the hog pen. It's pretty funny. But, uh, you know, Scott Hall certainly uh, will be a presence that is going to be missed, and um, you know, one of those guys that uh, I don't think anybody's ever going to forget. You know, and it's funny that I even remember Scott Hall. You know, when he first got started, I remember seeing the first time when he was on TV in in the NWA when he was in the, the American Diamond Stud. No, this no, he was there before that as the American in the American Starship with Danny Spivey. When they, uh, I remember him in the AWA. And, and then, he, and then Hall. he, yeah, and then he went to the AWA when he teamed up with. Kurt Henning and they won the tag titles and I was just re- I was actually when I was putting all this together real quick I and I did I did not know this that Vern Gagne wanted to put the belt on him because I know he you know he challenged for the title a few times I did remember that but apparently Gagne wanted to put the title on him and Hall was kind of looking around and saying things are kind of falling apart around here um I'm no and I'm hopping ship and that was when he went to he went back to the NWA. Does that mean is there a wrestler with a legacy that is more forgotten but more important than Dan Spivey? He t- <laughs> he teamed with Scott Hall. He teamed with the Undertaker before he was Undertaker because he was Dangerous Dan and Mean Mark. Yeah, and he was also Waylon Mercy, which was the precursor to Bray Wyatt. <laughs> I mean, uh, he did team with Sid Vicious too. 
Yeah. Okay, so one out of four ain't bad. But, if, but I mean, it, Dan Spivey is like the most forgotten man in history that's done so much or been with so many other people and been that influential with them. That is pretty a, a pretty amazing <laughs> parallel. I, I will give you bonus points for that one, sir. Very nice. But yeah, I... I and and you know they 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 were trying to make Scott Hall into the next Magnum TA in the AWA. Well, he had that he had, he had that must, he had that people, mustache. People don't remember what he looked like before the Razor Ramon area. He looked like the Marlboro Man with a little bit of curly hair. I mean, he you know the handsome guy. You know, he had the, the big hairy thick chest mustache and the mustache, the whole thing. He was very. That's a very. Good, I didn't realize that, but I, he absolutely a Magnum TA look. Yeah. So. You know, it's funny. I, I remember him and his Scott Hall, and then there was the Diamond Stud, and I never put two and two together for a long time. Yeah, me and either. And it was the same thing with Razor Ramon. It was like he was able to, you know, a guy six foot six, you know, 280 pounds, that he was able to adjust the way he looked to not be aware of it. The only other time I was like that surprised was when I realized that Dustin Rhodes was gold dust, you know? Yeah. And I was like, wait a second. That's Dustin Rhodes. Like, oh, holy crap! I didn't know that. And you know, and again, the thing when you're talking about with with Hall and Nash at the uh, Madison Square Garden, it would have been huge if it happened when the internet was was oh. was popping. Like, oh. it took a while for that to spread out, and it became you know you know uh, a legendary story. But it would have been so much bigger if it happened, you know, in you know 2000 and five when everything was on the internet right. like oh my god we can't believe what they did so that was kind of like that under the radar thing and i think that's how they probably looked at it it's like well you know the couple of people pick up on it or, or whatever but you know it's relatively just gonna be it was a house show and yeah, is it, is, one, is, one is, fan videoed that is it fair to, is it fair to say that we wouldn't have things like Money in the Bank had it not been for the Razor Ramon Shawn Michaels ladder match at which, WrestleMania which Seven, which was still one of one the, of the great. greatest matches of all time. Yeah, you know who knew that everything evolved. You know, from what I understand, that was the first really. I don't even know if was it the first ladder match, the first. Uh, I don't think it was the first one, but it was the, the it was the first one at WrestleMania. Obviously, yeah, I know. I know there there was one before that, if I remember correctly. But it but wasn't, that, but, that was but the, it was the one that caught everybody's attention. Exactly, obviously. and had that not taken off the way it did, we may not have some of the like I said, we may not have the Money in the Bank ladder match now because the ladder match may not have taken off. Yeah, and. You know, similar to the success of the uh, kennel in a cage match. Like, I can't believe that was a yearly paper. <laughs> or the, what was the match that when uh, Dustin Rhodes fought in the back of a trailer, the King oh, of the yeah, Road the match? Brawl, the Bunkhouse Brawl. The Bunkhouse Brawl, yeah. <laughs> but he yeah. did one, I think, before, you know, because he ended up doing the Hollywood one with Roddy Piper, but he did one in WCW that was really bad. It was with, like, Big Bully Busick or something. Yes, I, I remember that horrendous match. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was not good. But, you know, of course. Thank God that didn't stick. Yeah, well, <laughs> thank God I'm nobody got stuck. Back. That's my big announcement. I'm going to bring it back AEW weekend. God, that would be. That would be. I'll, I'll ref it, Joe. Just I'll drive the truck. <laughs> oh, if he's driving the truck, I'm not refing. And of course, Scott Hall was in the ring for the uh, the creation of the NWO, one of the most iconic moments in wrestling history as well. Where, of course, he and where Hogan dropped the leg. He and he and. Uh, uh, he and Nash I, I remember the watching that live. That was an amazing moment. We and all remember goes, that. Is he the third man? He's the third man. <laughs> and everybody going crazy in the trash. <laughs> and Tony Schiavone's going, ring. shut up, Bobby. <laughs> I mean, it was just, it was it was absolutely incredible. And you, 
it, and it's amazing the more that we dig into the career of Scott Hall, just how many the, iconic the, moments the, there the, truly are that he would, yeah, that and he was involved in just the the reach that he had, and uh, man, he's the, a talent like that's going to be sorely missed, and we will never see another guy like that again. Uh, agreed. Yeah, and 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 it was good that for the most part he cleaned up his life. I heard that he, I read that he did have some alcohol issues towards the end again. Well, because of COVID, but, he was stuck in isolation, and apparently that was a big issue for him. Right, but of course, you know, went back, claims life, hung out with DDP, and him and you know, Jake the Snake, right, with DDP. Yeah. So, Scott, we're gonna miss you, buddy. Are we gonna have any Joe DeFalco yoga? We have Diamond <laughs> Dallas Page yoga. <laughs> Joe, have you ever uh, yeah. done yoga? I have uh, one actually. of my, my one of my wrestlers is a yoga guy, but I've never partake. <laughs> <laughs> no, unless you can put, unless you could, they should have one like you know the yoga casino while you're playing video poker. You could do yoga. That might be. You have to sit in the full lotus position yeah. while you're playing. Yeah, yeah there you yeah. go. That sounds like a plan. Oh God, where this show goes? Downward spiral, red dog. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that cracked me up so bad. Of course, I'm Mark Hoke here on the Mark Hoke Show on KDWN 101.5 FM, 720 AM. We certainly do appreciate all of you listening. Of course, Joe DeFalco from Future Starts of Wrestling here in Las Vegas. Go to FSWVegas.com. Check everything out. He's going on. And your Fish Fane. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter at TheFish1969. You'll get to hear him with Chips on SportsX Radio on Monday night. Is it called Fish and Chips? Yes. It is. Oh, they call me malt vinegar. I thought I was like giving you an exclusive name right there. I'm like, wait a second, now, Joe. You know, you don't have every good idea. <laughs> just, I, just I most, most of the of good ideas. <laughs> most of them. Well, you know, good. you can't have all of them, but you know, I have most. Oh man, there, there. Of course, a lot of other stories in wrestling too. We've only got a couple minutes, but before we go to the break, I, I had a couple little tiny ones, but I got, I got to hit this one up real fast. Remember, we talked about Tony Storm. Yep. And how awesome it would be if Tony Storm had an OnlyFans. Yep. Guess what? She has an OnlyFans? Tony Storm now has an OnlyFans account. And apparently a ton of people signed up for it in the first hour. Are they have they been disappointed is what I want to know. Well, I'm guessing <laughs> I'm guessing well, not she so wasn't much. Disappointed. I heard she made ten thousand dollars, it said. Per uh this was actually on web as Jericho pulled this story off. Um <clears throat> I'm not going to say what the name is. I What's the name? Nope. Um, it's on Web is Jericho, you say? It's saying? on Web is Jericho. I'm going right now. Hold on. First hour, <laughs> she made over $10,000. Her subscription is $19.99 a month. But it, it, it's interesting that she did that. Uh, certainly a moneymaker. And, you know, Scarlett does that as well. Uh, are, are we going to see more female wrestlers doing that? And uh, I think Jordan Grace also has a not if they're only w, fans not if they're WWE. They're Obviously not. not if they're WWE. But is this going to be a trend that the ladies are going to be doing OnlyFans now? Well, I guess Scarlett has one too. Yeah, that's what I said. She does. I mean, obviously the income potential is pretty good. So, I mean, is that a good idea? I mean, Joe, do you have a problem with that? Not at all. But, you know, their their content is far tamer than a lot of people's. And if they can make money, you know, especially in the wrestling business, boy, guys are suckers for that. Fish, what are your thoughts on wrestlers having an OnlyFans account? I have absolutely no issue with it. I, I, I don't see, as long as they're not doing anything to denigrate the name of the company, 
I don't see why even WWE has an issue with it, but they do, and you know that's the company policy, so whatever. But I, I don't see an issue with. It. I think, it, especially if they're independent contractors, they should be able to do whatever the hell they want. Well, I, I do have one issue. You know, the one issue is that they come out and they'll go on OnlyFans and they'll put together, you know, photo shoots and, and scantily clad stuff. But then some, in some cases, they get very when people make comments uh, uh, about them in their bikinis or whatever. It's like you can't have it both ways. Well, they can't do it in WWE because they are sports entertainers. And we're going to talk about that when we come back here on the Mark Hoke Show. So stick around, everybody. Second half hour coming up. We'll be back here on KBWN. Stick around. 1015 FM, 720 AM. k the talk of Las Vegas. Want more of the Mark Hoke Show? Follow us on Twitter at Mark Hoke Show. Like us on Facebook at the Mark Hoke Show. And visit MarkHokeShow.com to keep up with everything happening with the show. And remember to check out all of our archive shows on YouTube at The Mark Hoke Show and download our podcasts at markhokeshow.podbean.com and all your favorite podcast outlets. So join The Mark Hoke Show family today, and thanks for listening. This is The Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. Here again, your host, Mark Hoke. Ho, ho, ho. Who wouldn't hoke? Oh, 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 fish! Don't give me that look. I heard you on SportsX Radio the last two weeks. You have lost your mind, so I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Look at you! I have not lost my mind. No, you have. You and you, you have gone punny. Just, just in case anybody had not been listening, fish has gone insane. So this should be. And considering how the NCAA tournament went. This should be a really interesting episode tomorrow night for Fish, so I'd suggest you tune in. <laughs> hey, let's go to WWE before we uh, hit the the Chris Jericho stuff, because Fish doesn't even want to talk about it. Uh, we had a, a little Owens and Seth Rollins battle. It's freaking speaking with Seth Rollins. With, with Seth Rollins. <laughs> Where the two dueled. To host a talk show at WrestleMania, yay! Which Kevin Owens won, so he will continue to get to chat with Steve Austin on the KO show. Uh, and supposedly Seth Rollins, womp womp, still no path to WrestleMania. But and, and he has no apparently match. the clue to his path was was uh, Corey Graves saying that he had. Shattered dreams of going to WrestleMania. There's no roads to. Yes, yeah. that's what he said. Shattered dreams. Dustin Rhodes is coming in. Exactly. Awesome. So obviously, <laughs> we know what's going on because the news finally has somewhat been made official. Anyway, they got confirmation that Cody Rhodes, of course, formerly of AEW, one of the founders of the company, is headed back to WWE. And apparently he will be taking on Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. Maybe. Supposedly. There's talk that they may hold him back until after the after WrestleMania. So the Raw after the WrestleMania? Raw after WrestleMania? That, it, is, that is. He's going to be a Raw superstar, apparently. Yeah, they, they are saying he's going to be on Raw. Guys, I'm, I'm just curious, though. What's the move? What is the move with Cody? Is 
is he, you know, we know WWE loves to get the viral moment and get that big attention-getting video up on YouTube. So obviously Cody Rhodes showing up at WrestleMania as the quote-unquote surprise opponent for Seth Rollins. Huge pop. But but guys, is it the right move long term, or should they hold him off till after WrestleMania? Fish, I I want to I know you want to. I I honestly, I think they are going to do depending on how the the sales of tickets go. I think it will depend if they think that they're lagging behind and they need a boost. I think you'll see Cody come on even before WrestleMania to to get the match going. If they think that they that they're doing okay. I think he may. They may hold him till afterwards. Well, but Joe, I'll I'll say this to you. You know, if you're you run a promotion, and let's say you want to sell tickets, and you know, is Cody Rhodes showing up on say the Raw before WrestleMania? Would that be enough to get more ticket sales, or are you pretty much stuck where you are, Cody Rhodes or not? When when we do our bigger shows, we always talk about who we're going to bring in, and then there's a times at point where. Hey, you, you know, should we make this a surprise? It makes it a big deal. The fans are like, "Oh, I can't believe I missed the show." But it's a different situation. You're talking about WrestleMania. You're talking about Steve Austin coming back. And as I like to say, it's like, you know, there's certain guys that, as good as they are, they're not big name draws. And that's when you kind of use them as a surprise because you know they're going to give you a good match, but they're not going to really sell tickets. At WrestleMania, if there's somebody on the fence about whether they're going to go or order the pay-per-view, it's hard for me to believe that people are going to be like, oh, Reigns and Lesnar, oh my God, Steve Austin's coming back. Yeah, I'm just not sure. Oh wait, Cody Rhodes is wrestling Seth Rollins? Oh, i got to buy this. I, I just don't perceive that as most people caring. That's an excellent point. Yeah, I don't either. To be honest with you, I mean, it, it's obviously a feather in the cap for for them to get Cody in there, and I'm sure they're going to have their fun with it, and uh, probably I, I ruin the storyline. You know, you know, they have so much talent with, with Cody Rhodes. He started a new thing, and it was the Ring of Honor, and you know, he left for one reason because he lost his juice. You know, I had heard months back that you know Cody Rhodes kind of lost his spot you know, as Tony Khan's right-hand man. And that's where Cutie Marshall kind of stepped in, who initially was uh, Cody Rhodes' right-hand man. And somehow QT, you know, jumped over him. And, you know, you even seen some of the remarks Omega said and stuff, that they had different visions of what they did. And initially it shocked me. It's like when I think of CM Punk going back to WWE, I'm thinking it's never going to happen. And Cody Rhodes was the guy like, oh, you know, doing the Dusty uh, the dusty Classic and, and copywriting the name. Like, they were the Antichrist to Cody Rhodes. Mm-hmm. And now he's going back. So when we've talked in the past about people doing things for money, this is the obvious point to where in AEW, maybe his tails tucked between his legs and he'd still make good money being there but he went from being a top guy in the promotion and being the, the boss basically a lot of their bosses so at least now he goes into wwe and he's getting his guaranteed money thank you very much scott hall and he can go in there and 
it's no different. I was <laughs> funny enough. I'm having a discussion with a 13 year old at the kids class yesterday, and he was all over Cody Rhodes and stuff like that. And I'm like, you just got to remember, it's Vince McMahon. If Vince McMahon signs Cody Rhodes and Cody Rhodes becomes the world champion, in Vince McMahon's mind, it's like he's just shown the WWE fans that AEW is better than WWE because the AEW guy just beat everybody. I don't perceive that happening. Yeah, and I, you know, and I remember I had talked to you, Fish, about this a while back about a possible storyline with Cody coming in and you start this whole thing involving, you know, if Cody wins the WWE title and the McMahons go crazy because of course Dusty has been trying to beat Vince for God knows how long before he died, um, until he became part of the company at the end with you know, really with NXT. But, you know, he I mean you think about it, he humiliated Dusty when he came back. Yeah, you know, I mean the polka dot thing. And Virgil he, humili- he and, I mean every shot he could. He humiliated Dustin, who just took gold dust, but I don't think many of us may have forgotten the match with Piper at WrestleMania where he was in lingerie at the end of the match. That wasn't a real good moment for Dustin, I would say. Nah, he and, and make, an androgynous character. But still, you know, I, I hate and, it. I'm just going to say I hated that. And turning Cody into Stardust. Cody, turning into, Cody gets turned into Stardust and gets buried. That was the most over Cody ever was in WWE, was teaming with his brother. That that yeah. is that to a point. Well, I, I thought I, I thought with, I, I thought with legacy when he was with Randy Orton and uh, Ted, did, Ted DiBiase Jr. was when he was the most over. I, I look at him; he was second fiddle. He was doing jobs in handicap matches against John Cena. Like Randy Orton was the guy who who got the rub in that. And again, you know, we can look at it two ways. I look at it as. You know, they try to make uh, Cody Rhodes the narcissist, and that didn't work. And the legacy thing with DiBiase, well, you know, that was when the tag team belts meant absolutely nothing. And, you know, the Stardust thing got universal praise. But look back with all these great returns of WWE legends of the past, and you're talking the Dudleys and the Hardys and things like that. Once that initial shock hit, Matt Hardy was was low mid card at best, and that's why he kind of left. I can't believe they're going to bring in Cody Rhodes, and I think he's going to run the same route as those guys. That guys like that who were the past of WWE are going to be putting over the present and the future of it. Yeah, the the only guy that that hasn't happened to, and it's a guy who didn't really leave WWE at least not of his own accord, was Edge because Edge is still on that higher level again, at least as far as uh, people in the company. But he never left the company. He just stopped working for them. Right, right. But look at Christian when he finally came back. Absolutely. You know, so the track record shows that when you bring these guys back, that they're placed in a spot to put over, you know, the newer guys that they're trying to perceive as stars. Yeah, it, Kurt Angle lost to Corbin, didn't he? Yes, he did. That's yeah. That was the retirement match. Yeah, this is going to be interesting to see. Yeah, you know, a lot of people were saying that this kind of got held up because Cody, the the contract was, you know, they couldn't come to an agreement for a while, and it, I I think it's going to be fascinating to see the creative direction that they're taking and what Cody was willing to agree to because I think I think there's a lot of us in the back fans and 
that in the back of our minds we're thinking Vince is going to find a way to absolutely bury and humiliate Cody Rhodes. So I don't know. That's personal joy in Vince's life. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is isn't that? I mean, doesn't he get to take these guys back, pay them whatever he wants to pay them, or whatever they want money wise, if they're doing it for, for their money reasons, and then buries them on purpose because it gives him such joy. To, it gives him joy to watch Kurt Angle lose to to Baron Corbin. It gives yeah. him joy for Matt Hardy to become a, just a mid card guy. Even Jeff Hardy, who who they they thought they were going to put back at the top of the card, never really got back up there. Well, you know, it, it's funny because. Like I said, we had Matt Hardy two weeks before he was coming back for WrestleMania. And that was the one question I asked. I'm like, well, why is it going to be any different than the Dudleys? You know, they kind of got put in a good position, and that was it. Oh, no, that's definitely not going to happen with us. We're going to have, you know, a say in what we're doing, blah, 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 blah. And then they won the titles, and then three months later, they were just working regular tag teams and, and losing in most cases. You know, Vince loves that. Like, he doesn't, like, He's still going to make his money, so he doesn't care that he's paying a guy three hundred, five hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars. Like, and and most people would be like, "Hey, we got to, you know, we're paying this guy a lot of money. We really need to, you know, do something." Like, that's part of like like the rich guy playing with the toys. That movie with uh, Richard Pryor. Yeah, the, the toy. toy. Yeah, you know, and and that's all these guys are. It's a new toy, and the new toy is great for three months, six months, and then in most cases, that new toy becomes the old toy. There you go. It's it, it's gonna it, be it's gonna be fascinating. It really is because I think be I, I think Cody Rhodes. I think and I think Joe's absolutely right. I think Cody Rhodes gets an initial bump and it's gonna look like he's on the rise, and then by SummerSlam, I think he's dropping right back down again. I mean, Cody Rhodes ah. just recently has cost Vince McMahon money and lawyers' fees for all the trademark lawsuits and everything else too. Don't never underestimate the vindictiveness, the vindictiveness of Mr. McMahon. Right. And it's like, you know, in all honesty, you know, Cody Rhodes has, you know, in his mind, like he has a right to be upset about these things. And and in some cases, I agree with him. I'll be honest. He's not one of my favorite wrestlers out there. Like, to me, it's not that big a deal. Like, I don't think that he's going to move a needle at all. And, but by doing what he did, you know, puts a target on his back. And it's like, you know, I could just see the back backdoor meetings with them goofing on what they're going to do with Cody in six months. Well, and that, see, and that's why I think that if you build a, you could take the legacy and the hatred between the Rhodes family and the McMahons and turn that into something so huge and so special just because of all the lives that that Dusty has touched and you know saying hey you know Cody wins if Cody wins the title and he's like I swore that a Rhodes would never wear my world championship belt and I'm going to get my revenge and then all of a sudden you have people picking sides between the Vince McMahon legacy and the Dusty Rhodes legacy and now you're going to tie 40 years of wrestling history together and you can bring in anybody Anybody that has had any contact with Dusty Rhodes, anyone that yeah, could say good or bad, going to care. But there's all well, but you also have people that you know were trained by him in NXT. You know, Seth Rollins, Bailey, Charlotte. I mean, you know, imagine Cody going to Charlotte Flair and the 
conflicted attitude that Charlotte could have. You know, she could stand there with Cody and slap him in the face, say, You took your dad took my dad away from me, booked him and left him on the road, and I never got to see my dad and look at the life he led and look what it did to my family. Screw you, Cody Rhodes. And they end yeah, up in I a think, mixed I, tag match. I, I mean, there's there's I all sorts of potential. Inner. I think that's an inner story that the the majority of fans these days will go right over their head. Yeah, I mean, the problem is that story would work perfectly if it was done for AEW, not for WWE, because WWE is trying to is trying to to uh, bring it to a much wider audience. And I think you're absolutely right. The story I see, I love that storyline, but that's because I'm a wrestling fan. I know the history. I understand the history. The general public doesn't care. I think there's a there would be some some major possibilities. If you well, took that route. So. Just look back when Goldust and Stardust were breaking up and those guys were pitching for the brothers match that Vince could care less and they never got the match. Well, I'm not Vince McMahon. You certainly aren't. No, I'm not. <laughs> he's he's much richer and much but more. But you still have no chance in hell. No, no. <laughs> uh, still time. But anyway. So, uh, but it, that's obviously a very interesting happening going on in WWE. Uh, hey, Brock Lesnar's getting a little crazy too. Yeah, but, he, uh, but uh, it was interesting. The the bout is now a unification bout. It's not going to be guy, one guy holding two belts. That's what we're hearing. We'll see if yeah, that it's holds crazy. up. They're going to have a unification belt, and then a month later, they're going to have a tournament to give up the other belt, probably. Pretty much. Yeah, it'll <laughs> get forgotten. But Brock Lesnar's breaking stuff. He, he tore a door off. Drove a forklift into a, a truck that the the Usos were driving and, and then uh, ripped the door off, too. I heard they did it for The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I do this for The Rock. Oh, my God. But did, 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 did that help the lead up? I mean, you know, Charlotte, of course, was banging around around to Rousey, too. It wasn't good, on the Usos truck, though. No, not on the Usos truck. They, <laughs> they already took a shot on the uh, Buick. On the Buick, which we still have not identified what kind of Buick that was from last week. It was week. Tiger Woods' Buick. <laughs> Fish. I'll, I'll tell you what. I don't know. Maybe I'm getting old, but these feuds are doing absolutely nothing for me. I like, was curious to hear I don't what you care thought. about Charlotte Flair and, and Ronda Rousey, and I don't, no matter what they do, like, yeah, Reigns and Lesnar's a really good match, but we've seen it a hundred times. There's nothing special. No, the only match I really care about is the one that I can't figure out how, where they want to go with it, and that's Edge and AJ Styles. Well, being that Edge loses every high-profile <laughs> he has, like, why would it be difficult to figure it out? <laughs> They brought, him back. they brought him back to be, you know, that's why Christian needed to stay because when it was Edge and Christian, Christian was the jobber. Now the Edge and Christian is just Edge, so now Edge is just the jobber. Well, Orton did the job for him. Yeah, but Edge is on the mountaintop, yes. and, the, and the view is phenomenal. And, and Beth Phoenix doesn't know him anymore. You yeah. know, they can make it's a so big storyline and make Edge the champ and have to be around and supposedly he wants to be around, but... There must be something holding that up because it seems like he is in very high regard there. But any of his high-profile stuff, if you're going to start pushing AJ Styles again and, 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 and set him up for a run, you would think that he would go over. But they had AJ Styles job out to Omos and then gave him the push toward you know reclaiming the gold. 
So it doesn't matter. We as we know in WWE, you can lose today and be the champion next week and Speak, get a title match. Speaking of almost, I you know I, I think he looks ridiculous in the ring, but the suplex he did on Commander Aziz this past Monday on Raw was absolutely incredible because Aziz had started to pick almost up and almost ended up picking up Aziz and, and, and held him all the way up and threw him down. It was it was actually a pretty amazing spot. Yeah, if he keeps going, almost can for sure be the next giant Gonzalez, without a doubt. He, I, I was going more for great Kali, but okay. Did Kali ever do a suplex? Kali. Yeah, Rey Mysterio a few times. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he did the, the kissplex with the Beth Phoenix. Oh, yeah, and I heard that Rey Mysterio didn't get light for Kali, so there was some heat backstage. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's why Dominic's going to turn on Ray. <laughs> Dominic is for that. It's going to happen any minute. Dominic <laughs> said he's not. He has no interest in wrestling his dad. He said that again this week. Fish, let it go. Uh, that's going to happen. I be- think it'll happen think before Ava Miri returns. I think from now on, every time you say it, we'll put a jar over here, right? And until Ray Mysterio retires, every time you say it, we got you got to put a dollar in the jar. If it happens, you get the money. If not, we get the money. But it's only my it's it's my money only. So no, I'm not going to put money in a jar that I can win. But this back. is your thing. If for those like that don't, a, it's like a 401k. I know you don't have one doing radio, so you know. Uh, it, it, Joe, this, should we match? There's more of a chance of of that happening than Eva Marie returning. Should we no, match? I it? don't. I I highly don't believe that. <laughs> she could come back at any given time. I'm telling. It's you. like a swear jar on the, on the Mark Oak show. <laughs> Fish talking about Ray's son turning on him, and Joe talking about Eva Marie coming back. <laughs> it is. It's a swear jar. It's I, gotta it. happen. That's it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Every time you guys do it, I am gonna put a notch down, and for one year, one year, I am taking all that money. He's gonna invest it. And he's going to turn that five hundred dollars to five hundred and two. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So it's a five hundred two k. Of course, I'll, I'll probably end up having to use it to pay for FSW tickets. Probably. <laughs> Speaking of which, we got a few minutes left before we get into our exciting bonus half hour. I know Fish has to take bonus, off bonus, soon. bonus. I Stay thought he didn't have to leave. I thought if it was an hour, he had to leave. That his wife needed him to go grocery shopping. No, it, 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 it's actually real work that calls. Yes, you can. Uh, can we say where you work? I I don't care if you say it. If you would like to meet fish, he will be at the Cheesecake Factory on uh, Rampart. Rampart and Boca Park. Uh, so you best may uh, cheesecake ever that place, man. So, it's unbelievable. That is where I work, Joe. Yeah. So does it really? Do you give me discounts, man? You show up, I can get you whatever you want. Which one you work at? Wait a minute. The I one never of, got a the, discount. The, the one in Boca Park. I've come in to see you uh, how many times, okay. and I never got twice. A, Maybe three times. It's been like three, four three or five, Valley buddy. Is the one I live near. If I mention your name, do I get a discount at Green Valley? If you mention my name at Green Valley, they throw you out. Wow. <laughs> anyway, Joe, tell us what we have about two minutes, I think, left. So if you want to tell everybody what you got have going on with FSW. Well, yeah, yeah. AEW weekend, we just uh, finalized the deal uh, with GCW. So we're going to be doing an all day event on that Saturday. This guy, uh, Ed, we know he works for the wrestling observer. He's put together something where Dave Meltzer is going to be doing a Q and a at 11 AM. Uh, Ed's going to run his women's show at noon. We're going to do our show at four o'clock and GCW is running in this show at eight o'clock, uh, Saturday night, which is May 28th. So that's, 
you know, set in stone. Everything contracts are signed, so they can't bump us for some other promoter. So that's going to be at the Silver Nugget on the Saturday before the AEW pay-per-view. We're also talking with Sammy Callahan in Revolver, and they may come out and do that. And I'm supposed to have a call with uh, your boy Booker T about bringing the reality of wrestling to Vegas that weekend. So we're looking at possibly doing stuff Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to go along with AEW. So it's going to be a pretty big weekend meet and greets, trying to do vendor tables. So we're looking to make it like this whole big, uh, you know, could be the biggest wrestling weekend in Vegas history. That sounds absolutely awesome. Now, would you do it so you could buy a package that you could buy one ticket that covers all four days and and you could? Yeah, yeah, we're we're definitely in the process of that. You know, we got to figure out splits and and, and all that other. Obviously, stuff. Obviously, Joe gets eighty percent, and everyone else can split the last twenty. Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the Ed guy. You know, the women's show. It's not going to draw big compared to say GCW. That could draw 800 to 1,000 people. You know what I mean? So, you know, everybody's going to sell tickets on their own. Obviously, yeah. We might, and then, of course, have a uh, a separate ticket package, like you said, to include everything to where, you know, you save some money. You save 20% by, you know, buying tickets. Because the one thing about the wrestling fans, you know, especially when they come in, we did well SummerSlam weekend, and I was with WWE fans. The thing about AEW weekend is our shows are catering to that fan base. So I think it should be a lot bigger for us on the indie level uh, because of the AEW fans were, were basically Ring of Honor fans and, and that whole super indie show. And, you know, we're talking about guys like Swan and Strickland and Davey Richards. And, yeah. Even the Briscoes coming in. so Should be a lot of fun. Awesome. That, that whole weekend. So everybody check that out at FSWVegas.com. We're back for another half hour here on KDWN for the Mark Hoke Show. Thanks for joining us. Hey, MarkHokeShow.com, MarkHokeShow.Podgeam.com for those podcasts and social media. That'll be coming up too. Hoke so, is Jericho. Yeah, so stick around. We're going to be talking about Chris Jericho and... Sports entertainment and all sorts of fun stuff. So stick around. We'll be right back. Want more of The Mark Hoke Show? Follow us on Twitter at Mark Hoke Show. Like us on Facebook at The Mark Hoke Show. And visit MarkHokeShow.com to keep up with everything happening with the show. And remember to check out all of our archive shows on YouTube at The Mark Hoke Show. And download our podcasts at MarkHokeShow.Podbean.com and all your favorite podcast outlets. So join The Mark Hoke Show family today. And thanks for listening. 1015 FM, 720 AM, KDON, the talk of Las Vegas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number one professional wrestling radio show in Las Vegas. This is the Mark Hoke Show. The Mark Hoke Show. One full hour of wrestling news, entertainment, and lots of Sin City surprises from inside the squared circle. Now, let's bring on the tag team of Andrew Fish Fame. Joe DeFalco, and your host, Mark Hoke. Bonus! 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 Yeah! More Mark Hoke show! Holy cow! Joe DeFalco was almost ready for it. (laughs) Thanks for being with us here on KDWN.
101.5 FM, 7.20 AM. Again, extra half hour of showtime for you. The best in pro wrestling news and entertainment, bar none. Fish has left the building. Andrew Fishfeen out of here. But Joe DeFalco, future stars of wrestling, still here. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. What's up, buddy? Still here. Still here. Yeah. Can't go back to sleep yet. Yeah, soon. Soon, my friend. Soon. Soon. Uh, we didn't talk about AEW in the last uh, hour of the show. So let's get into that because there's some underlying issues I thought that I wanted to to hit you up with. Uh, but first, uh, we did have a title change this week in AEW as Thunder Rosa is your new AEW Women's Champion, defeating Britt Baker in her adopted hometown of San Antonio in a steel cage match. Of course, designed to keep Jamie Hayter and Rebel out of the ring after repeated interference in matches. Thunder Rosa, the new women's champion. Joe, not just on the match itself, but in terms of the lead-up to this, uh, what would you think? Well, I, I think it had to be done. I think it was it was time for the change. A lot of people were surprised it didn't happen at the show before. But, you know, I, I think they wanted it to happen. You know, when, when you book title changes, you need to do them at a specific time, you know, you want that to be the main focus of the show. Like we have our show coming up next Sunday and we got two title matches. And if we're going to do a title change, you don't want to do two. If you do two title changes, it takes away from the other one. And the idea is, you know, there was so much going on at the pay-per-view, whatever, you know, now they do it on TV. It's a big moment. It was deserving, you know. She had the big run early with the uh, the NWA stuff, and you know now it was it was time. You know, Britt Baker's beaten pretty much everybody along the way. There's only so much you can do as a champion, you know. And now it's now it's a fresh start. It's you know it's it's the new beginning and Thunder Rosa as I saw you know by the, the commitment that she makes there she was also uh, one of the bigger independent companies Warrior in Chicago uh, that she announced that she has to uh, vacate the title just because of her commitments to AEW which is disappointing when you see that because you always want that transition of the champion putting over the next person but. You know, you know, good for her. You know, bad for me. Now that means her rate goes up even more if I want to book her. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. But, you know, one thing yeah. that really impressed me about how they led into this match, and I'm wondering how long they, they had this this planned, because, you know, of course, a lot of people thought, well, they're going to change it at the pay-per-view. But, you know, more interference in the match. Everybody was ticked off. So they'd set it up to go to Steel Cage. Uh, you know, to keep everybody out, but there was, but there was a lot of interference in Britt Baker's matches for quite a while. So I'm, I'm curious if the whole plan for, for, for months here was we're going to constantly have somebody sticking their nose in matches, constantly having a friend saber, and everybody is just going to keep seeing this and seeing this, and then we're going to see it happen at the pay per view to Thunder Rosa. So now we're going to throw him in a steel cage and 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 have the that thing build to a climax. I, I really, you know, it, it just AEW does these little things as they go along that just makes sense. 
And I and I think that was part of it. And I think they've been had it on their minds for a while. So, you know, it, it, it's possible. You know, I saw early on. I guess there was some uh, beef going on with Britt and Thunder Rosa's husband because they they run a small company, I believe, uh, out of Texas and things like that. But you know. It could be, or, or it, it can't be, you know. And in wrestling, you, sometimes you see things and you want to say, okay, well, that's what's going to lead to the next thing. And it's kind of even, you know, just looking around. Oh, Cody Rhodes, he's really still with AEW. It's all the work. And it's like, so WWE is mentioning Cody Rhodes in roundabout ways, yet he's still not signed with them. And it's like people want to believe, and and that's part of being, you know, where you're so interested in that storyline, you're so interested in what's going on, and they they made the women's title, you know, mean something. You know, it's it it's a lot different the women's stuff in AEW compared to WWE. The the women in WWE, you know, if you put the you know you you take a piece of paper and you write down all the people, they are far more talented. Like the one thing about AEW when. Brandy Rose was kind of running that was, I think she, you know, was protective of herself. And there was a lot of not very good wrestling going on there. And, you know, they were, they, they found some diamonds in the rough and, you know, hopefully they can build upon it because now Thunder Rosa has a, an opportunity to go in there. You know, what are they going to do with, with Jade? You know, is she going to go after Thunder Rosa? Is she going to be happy with the secondary belt that they have? So, you know, there's definitely things they could build around. Yeah, it might be, it might almost be better for Britt Baker to lose the women's title and now chase what may almost seem like a bigger challenge in beating Jade Cargill. So there's there's some good possibilities on that. We'll see where that goes. Uh, of course, also on Dynamite, uh, I mean, Rampage was kind of a throwaway this week. It was a little... I mean, it was an okay show, but a little disappointing. But we had Wardlow losing in his challenge to Scorpio Sky for the TNT title. Is just pretty much everybody beat the hell out of Wardlow, of course, including MJF. So we're going to get that MJF-Wardlow feud coming up here pretty soon. But one thing I'll say about that real quick, I'm kind of happy that they didn't take the belt off Scorpio Sky right away. That you know, that almost seemed like that could have been a transition champion to Wardlow. But uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of happy Scorpio might get a run with this belt. What do you think of that? Uh, yeah, you know, again, Scorpio Sky is a guy we've had a few times. You know, awesome talent, and it just seemed like, wow, what are you guys doing with him for the last couple of years? And the answer is pretty much nothing. And you know, again, everybody's going to look into everything and basically pick it apart. You know, the comments were made about the diversity of AEW, and then now all of a sudden they put the belt on Scorpio Sky. Is that the reason why? Who knows? It was the same issue back in the day with WWE, and then all of a sudden Mark Henry became the champion. You know what? It's still up to that person, and to me, Mark Henry wasn't a world champion type of guy, and... When they did put the belt on him, he stepped up and became that. Scorpio Sky has been languishing for a long time, and, you know, you're definitely going to get good matches out of him. You know, he can talk on the microphone. You know, that SoCal Uncensored kind of imploded, uh, you know, just because of age and wear and tear with Daniels and Kazarian that 
it kind of left Scorpio Sky, you know, out of it. And then I guess he teamed up with uh, with Page, Ethan Page. Yep. Ethan and Page. America's yeah. yeah, the America's top team gang and all that. So yeah, you know, and and I know Sky of the past had done some MMA stuff and things like that. But that you know, he's a pro wrestler. And, you know, finally giving him the shot. And they gave Wardlow, who was getting, you know, a real big push, and he's this monster guy. Uh, you know, they gave it the out of, you know, the interference is why he lost. And they can revisit that if they want. Uh, I'm just disappointed. Like, they they, they kind of, like, all of a sudden did the thing with Punk and it got over huge. But it was like they they're rushing right into MJF and Wardlow. Like I thought at that point, MJF could be doing other things, but again, that's the direction they want to go with. I, you know, just like with me and you and everybody who watches, we're all armchair bookers (laughs) and have our ideas of what they should do. And, you know, I think they should hire me and pay me a lot of money because I'll have a better idea than them, but it's not the way it works. Well, I'm sorry, Joe, but I think they should too. The, but the one thing that stood out to me on in AEW this week, besides Thunder Rosa winning the title, was the new Chris Jericho group, and not so much as to who is in it, because you know I I'm I'm happy for for Daniel Garcia and the now former 2.0, uh, which is now uh, they they changed their names. They are now Matt Menard and Angelo Parker, and they got some cute little nicknames. But the Chris Jericho comes out, the hair is smoothed out, he's tanned up. Of course, he had lost some weight, so he's, oh, he's, he's looking he's, he's looking, looking phenomenal. He's today. looking terrific. Comes out with a purple jacket and the purple shoes and starts going off on everybody and and then says, I am not a pro wrestler. Everybody else in the back is a pro wrestler. I am a sports entertainer, and these are sports entertainers, which of course is what Vince calls his people. And the crowd went crazy. I mean, that was one of the loudest boos I've heard on an AEW show. They destroyed him. And I'm just thinking about all the possibilities of these five saying that they're sports entertainers. That <laughs> the, 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 the little slights that can come in here, the slams, the, the nonsense that's going to take place with this group I think is going to be exciting, but it, but it, I think it also brings to light the discussion of, do we have pro wrestling or do we have sports entertainment? Do we like the WWE style of doing it? Or do we like the AEW style of doing it? Because now that's going to be brought into focus with all this even more. I mean, what are your, what are your thoughts on what Jericho's doing first and, you know, and reinventing himself and then, your thoughts on the sports entertainment versus the pro wrestling angle? You know, Jericho says things to rile people up, and Jericho is one of the best on the microphone. So he's going to say things that's going to get people to have an opinion. While there's a lot of people who have get on the microphone, and what they say is forgotten, you know, 30 seconds later, let alone 10 minutes later or the next week. So, you know, the AEW fans are extremely passionate. You know, WWE fans, they're only passionate about WWE. And by him doing that, first off, who's that big tall guy in in the group that looks like uh, Jack Swagger from the WWE? He looks familiar, <laughs> this guy. I don't know uh, who he still is. still Jake Hager. You know that. 
Oh, oh, <laughs> I, I forgot he's even with the company anymore. Like, big deal. What, what is he doing, by the way? He's the muscle guy. You know. Okay, well, he was a guy that was a, a heavyweight champion in WWE, and it's just like he just seems to be the the bag carrier for Jericho. I, you know, again, I know there's a lot of guys don't really understand it, but you know, Jericho sports entertainment. You know, is it sports entertainment at WrestleMania when we watch Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, or is it a wrestling match? Well, it's a wrestling match. They they're selling the sports entertainment aspect of it. And that's the stuff we're seeing to the lead in. But matches are matches. And WrestleMania is going to be considered good or bad based on the quality of the matches that happened that day. So it's just another cute term, just like what Vince McMahon says, WWE superstar, then professional wrestler. Well, yeah, you should differentiate it because when you go on Facebook, there's guys that have had two matches and they work at, uh, you know, Target during the week and they don't get paid to wrestle and they want to call themselves professional wrestlers. So you kind of need to distance that. You know, everybody in the world wants to say they're a pro wrestler, and, you know, I'm seeing guys locally and say, oh, announcing my retirement. Retirement from what? <laughs> what are you retiring right. from? The, yeah. the six matches you had in your career? Yeah, and and I, and, I, and I think, you know, some of the comments that you hear, I mean, one, one thing that Brian Danielson said a, a couple weeks ago in an interview that it felt like that to him when he was in WWE that they almost wanted to be doing something other than wrestling that they almost like they wish they were a movie company and you know, then rather than being wrestling company and they and they don't focus on that and then I think that you see that in AEW that they put a lot more they've been putting a lot more effort into building up these matches so that you care about them and you know for us that they're going to be watching WrestleMania Fish and I talked about it last week and went through the card and said, what do we care about on this card? And the answer was, not much. Because they, they haven't put any, you know, you have the Reigns-Lesnar build, but most of these other matches, there's been little or no build. And and for even some that have had some build, you know, like Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn, who cares? You know, yeah, for us but, anyway. You know, who cares? You know, there's people that do. You know, there there's fans. Jackass has a lot of fans, you know. Sami Zayn, would you rather have him wrestle Johnny Knoxville or have a match with Nakamura? Well, the pure wrestling fan would probably rather watch the, the match with Nakamura, but the spectacle of it has been done in the past, and it's it's helped WWE succeed, you know, when Lawrence Taylor is wrestling on a show and when WCW would have Carl Malone on a show and Dennis Rodman on a show. You know, the celebrity thing has is, is always been important in the business. It's no different than when AEW brings in Shaquille O'Neal. You know, it's like... Everybody's going to do that. It's always about entertainment. You know, you could say AEW. Well, go look at the card on the uh, AEW pay-per-view. I'm pretty sure most people didn't care about half that card either. And, you know, you want to talk about entertainment. Well, the most entertaining thing about, as everybody talked about with CM Punk and MJF, was their promo. That was the entertainment. Like, everybody was looking forward to the match, but everybody also knew that the the, the verbal battle between them was really the main event while the the matches were the dessert. 
Well, yeah, I and I see what you're saying. Uh, you know, so it, it's it's always going to be a debate at this point when you have two companies that have very different philosophies about how they want to present the wrestling product. And you know, obviously, Chris Jericho is jumping on that right now. I think I think this is going to be a lot of fun to see what they do. I really do. It's going to be uh, something else. Uh, and, and as older as Chris Jericho is, and in the twilight of his career. You know the 2.0 guys and stuff like that. They're getting a rub just being looked at in the ring with Chris Jericho. And I'm happy for those two. Chris Jericho is a universal superstar. Those guys have been really killing themselves for a long time, and they have and they've improved a lot. You know, they were ever rising NXT and have been doing some pretty solid work in AEW, and now they're going to get a chance to shine and see what they can do. So. Well, right. It's going to give them the opportunity. But it was like the same thing when Matt Hardy and Private Party got together. And, you know, it helped Private Party a lot. But there's still way more teams that are above them. So, you know, there's still a lot of time. The idea is you have to build the younger guys. And it's like, you know, they, they did a great job with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. You know, I looked at that team as kind of goofy. You know, I was never the biggest fan of Luchasaurus, but he's gotten over the gimmick. It's like in 2022, I'm pretty sure most people never thought that a guy dressed with a uh, a dinosaur mask was going to get over in 2022 in a company like AEW that prides itself on mainly – a lot of high flying wrestling and technical stuff. Mm-hmm. He's neither. Yeah, he's just good. He is. He, he's fun to watch. But uh, you know, everybody's got to find a niche. You know, it's funny. It's like when you you look at NXT. It, it's weird. You know, I'm looking and it's like everybody's got their specific colors and their specific gear, and it's really turned into like uh, all wrestling. Is like American Idol now. It's like you're voting for your favorite person. <laughs> and everybody has their own distinct personality and look. And, you know, the strong survive. Absolutely. Well, speaking of the strong surviving, and, and this may seem like a deviation, but just follow me on this one for a minute. The Penn State Nittany Lions this week won the NCAA National Championship, had five national champions. And, of course, I'm from the area and wrestled, so I – Kind of have a little admiration for Penn State as they continue their dominance. Uh, a great run for them, uh, and uh, and I got to mention from NDSU, my my college, Jared Frannick, won the Elite Ninety Award for the top academic competitor at the NCAA Championships. He got four So congratulations, to Jared, for winning that. But there was one guy that won a national championship this weekend. Gable Stevenson from the University of Minnesota who has already signed his WWE contract, and he stole the show. He was out. He actually did a leapfrog in one of his matches to get a takedown in one of the, I think it was in the quarter, either the quarter or the first round. He did the thing where he uh, left his shoes in on the mat, uh, saying he was retiring from the amateur business, and, of course, he won an Olympic gold medal, two-time national champ. How excited are you about Gable Stevenson? Of course, his brother's already in NXT, but that dude just seems to get it at this point. He is a great interview. He's charismatic, an incredible athlete. 
I think we've got something really special coming in WWE here pretty soon when he's ready to go. Yeah, but it's going to take a while. You know, back in the day, Lesnar came in and he worked a bunch of dark matches. I remember going to the Thomas and Mac and seeing Brock Lesnar, and I didn't see anything that special about him. But, you know, the the pure athleticism and, and, and the ability is definitely there. You know, being able to talk is definitely going to be a major plus. But they may have something, and he may be a huge star, but... In reality, I don't see that happening for a couple years, you know, 18 months minimum, because you got to go through that whole system, and it's a totally different thing. And, you know, in in my opinion, like for me, he's not even on the radar until he starts doing something. You know, it's it's kind of like Braun Breaker, like we figured out, you know, when we finally see him on the roster, but it seems like he's now on the roster. Did, did so, you know that they actually set up a training facility for him? near the college so he could be working out with WWE? Hey, you know what? They you know, they had centers all over the, over the world. So if that this is going to be the guy that they're, you know, they're counting on into, you know, the next decade, uh, sure. So what happens when you have tons of money, do whatever you want. You betcha. Well, hey, I, we're getting ready to wrap things up here. Uh, just want to remind everybody, if you would, please – of course, first, check out FSWVegas.com. Joe's got all sorts of great shows coming up, and that Memorial Day weekend when AEW is going to be in town is going to be fantastic. You need to go to some of Joe's shows as well. It is going to be a lot of fun. So go to FSWVegas.com. If you want to be a pro wrestler, they teach you too. They do a terrific job. So head on down there and check out his website. And as for us, once again, doing very well. We appreciate everybody from all around the world who's been listening to the show and downloading it. It is absolutely phenomenal. Make sure you go to follow us on Twitter at Mark Hoke Show, Facebook the Mark Hoke Show, uh, MarkHokeShow.podbean.com is our main podcast outlet. But of course, you can go on your favorite outlets and pick it up. And of course, MarkHokeShow.com. I want to thank Jared. He's got one more show with us. And we got Lourdes who's in there learning. Where's Thanks. he going? He's headed out of town. So, But thank you so much for listening to us on KDWN 101.5 FM 720 AM, the talk of Las Vegas. We'll see you next week on the Mark Hoke Show. Have a terrific Sunday, everybody. Good morning. Want more of The Mark Hoke Show? Follow us on Twitter at Mark Hoke Show, like us on Facebook at The Mark Hoke Show, and visit MarkHokeShow.com to keep up with everything happening with the show. And remember to check out all of our archive shows on YouTube at The Mark Hoke Show and download our podcasts at MarkHokeShow.Podbean.com and all your favorite podcast outlets. So join The Mark Hoke Show family today, and thanks for listening.